Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hi, friends. I'm Mika, and welcome to Apple Presentations with Matt Volbricht. And I think I just want to add the and friends um, <laughs> at the end of that. Um, we are using webinar for those of you who are tuning in live with us. So we are in webinar, which means that you will not be able to talk or unmute yourself, rather, until um, until that you have a question um, and I've given you the, the uh, permission to talk. So um, also, um, we have... We have uh, quite a few participants here, so you're not sitting in a cubicle by yourself. And um, I'll let you know when it is time for questions and answers. And welcome, um, everyone listening on ACB Radio. So this is Matt Volbricht, and I'm looking forward to what he and Rita Howell are going to be talking to us about today. Awesome. Thanks so much once again uh, for having us. Hi, everybody. Hope you all are having a, a great day. And I'm very excited to talk about apps today. Um, as Mika said, uh, I'm joined by trainer Rita. I'm not sure. I think maybe Cliff will be coming in at some point, but I don't know. But we've got Rita here. And Rita and I are going to talk to you about the apps we have on our devices. And before we even do that, I want to talk about a few other app-related things. You know, this is a popular thing nowadays to do this sort of what's on my iPhone. Uh, and if you if you watch YouTube at all or listen to YouTube videos, uh, it's, it's very popular in the tech world. People will, you know, make a video about all the, the apps that are on their device and give a brief uh, description or overview of those apps. And so it's a lot of fun. And we do it here at TTJ periodically because we like to uh, keep you informed of what's out there and help you to maybe discover a new app that you never knew might work with VoiceOver. And um, what we're going to do is, uh, Rita, if you're willing, after I after I talk for a few more minutes here, I'll I'll hand the baton over to you to tell what's on your devices or or at least which apps are your favorites. I know you've got some uh, that you've been. Uh, sharing recently and, and that you like. So I'll let you do that. And then uh, if Cliff is here, we'll we'll have him do it. And then I'll go last and share what's on my devices. Um, but before we get into that, I want to ask, I want to tell you about what I like to call best practices for apps. And what I mean is when you're looking for a new app, what are some things that you can do? Uh, you know, what are some tips and tricks um, when looking for apps or when exploring a new app for the first time. You know, the App Store has close to 3 million apps. It is, it's just remarkable. The old saying, there's an app for that. It, it really is true. And apps in every category. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. You really can find an app for just about anything. But how do you know what apps are accessible and you know what apps you're going to like now there's a couple of things i want to share regarding the app store and i think it it's it's very important i'm not going to get into it in 
uh, much depth. I, you know, I've shared on my website some concerns that I have about some recent government moves, both here in this country and in others. But I'm not going to get into that. But I would just like to say that, especially in light of that, especially in light of all the complaining people are doing about the the practices of the app store and stuff, I think it's really important for us to know the benefits that the app store brings to consumers. I'm not even going to get into the benefits that it brings to developers. I'm just going to talk about you as a consumer, why the app store is so good and why it's really protecting you. And, and the first thing I want to point out is that every app that you install must go through an intensive review process by Apple. Now, this ensures, first of all, that the app actually does what it says that it's going to do. And it also ensures that there are no malicious apps put on the app store, right? Apps that are designed, for example, to steal your identity or to breach your privacy in some other way. Those apps never going to make it onto the app store uh, because Apple has to review them. Now, the other thing that this review process does is it really ensures that the, the apps function in the best ways possible for what they're designed to do. Apple gives developers frameworks that allow them to tap into various features of the iPhone and the iPad. And so when an app developer wants to implement one of those features, let's say playing music, background audio, um, you know, um, accessing the calendar or the reminders or what have you, uh, Apple gives them a way to do this properly and to make it function seamlessly, to make apps work together, but to also be completely transparent with you as the user as to what those apps need access to. So if an app wants to access your location, for example, or your photo library, or your music library, or your calendar, or your contacts, or anything else, you're going to be informed about it, and you're going to have the final say as to whether the app does indeed get access to that particular thing. Now, of course, with, with some apps, you've got to grant access or the app won't function properly, right? So, for example, uh, an app that's designed to, um, to take photos uh, or work with photos like Instagram or Snapchat, well, yes, you, you have the say as to whether to allow that app to access your camera and your photo library. But if you don't, obviously the app is going to be severely limited and not really be of any use. So yeah, there are times when it, it's the, really the only logical option to allow access, but ultimately you have that control. You can revoke privileges later if you need to. The other thing that's very transparent about the apps is their privacy policies. And this helps you to know what the app intends to do with your information. And then the other thing that the App Store provides is a great community of users because you can read reviews, you can write your own reviews, and this helps you to know what people think of a particular app. And there's always direct contact information to get in touch with the app developer if you should find you need to. Now, when it comes to reviews, I always suggest taking this with a grain of salt okay i i like reviews i think that's they're not a bad thing however i also would just caution you to try an app for yourself because sometimes reviewers are deliberately trying to be uh 
harsh on a certain developer because they want to promote a different app or something like that. That's weeded out pretty well in the app store, but still just something to be aware of. And the other thing is sometimes you'll read a review that truly is written by someone who doesn't know how to use the app and, you know, or, or they'll say the app doesn't work and it turns out that they just didn't follow the instructions or they didn't read the description. I've seen several apps where, you know, people say, Oh, I didn't know I was going to have to purchase, you know, an in-app purchase to get full access to this. That's such a scam. It's so terrible and all this, but it's very clearly in the information on the app page. I mean, if they had just read the description and, you know, the in-app purchase information, they would have known it before ever delving into that app. Um, So there are these kinds of things that sometimes happen occasionally in reviews, but uh, nevertheless, the reviews are designed to be helpful to you. And they definitely can be. Now, regarding accessibility, Apple has provided, once again, the necessary frameworks so that if a developer just follows the basic development principles, most apps will automatically be accessible with voiceover right out of the box. Um, Now, of course, there are some weird exceptions, you know, certain really, really graphic games, you know, and so forth are are not going to. But in general, you know, most apps that we would use, if the developer just follows basic Apple design principles, they're going to have an accessible app without ever even realizing it. Then, of course, there are some things they can do to enhance that further. They can add their own rotor options or, or their own hints and, you know, things of that nature. And you can always tell, I think, when an app has been really designed by someone who is familiar with voiceover uh, as opposed to someone who isn't. Uh, I will say this about apps. There is no substitute for trying them yourself. There are some great resources out there. Apple Viz is one of them. Blind Ability, Rita can tell you more about that. Uh, But these types of resources indeed have lists of apps that are accessible. And it's a great place to start. But I'm going to tell you this. There is no substitute for trying the app yourself and experiencing it. Not only to find out, because, you know, sometimes, again, the measuring rod is just not fair. You know, there are some people who, if there's one unlabeled button in an app, they'll call it inaccessible and they'll complain about it. Well, that one unlabeled button, you can probably figure out what it does or ask a sighted user, and then you can label that button. And so it's no longer unlabeled. But this is how some people, so you've got to be careful when somebody says, oh, this app is not accessible. Maybe it is. You just got to check it out for yourself. And the other thing is it is about more than just accessibility. Maybe you don't like the way the app is laid out. Maybe you're missing a feature that you you know really thought you needed. So no substitute for trying it out for yourself especially if the app is free. But you know what? Even if the app is paid, another benefit of the App Store is that Apple is the mediator. So all you have to do is use the Apple Support app, which is fully accessible, or go to apple.com, give them a call, however you want to do this, get a hold of iTunes Store Support and tell them, hey, look, I got this app. It was a paid app. Uh, It turns out it doesn't work with voiceover, and I'm totally blind, and I need voiceover in order to use my device. They will give you a refund. No question. They will give you a refund. I've done it. Uh, If it's, you know, a 99 cent app or something, I usually don't bother because, you know, I I don't need to go out of my way to make a developer's life more difficult, you know, who might be trying the very best they can. And so, you know, something like that, I don't worry about it. But there was one time I bought an app of um, 
instruments for, uh, uh, you know, MIDI devices for a keyboard, uh, you know, different sounds and so forth. And it was a very expensive app as apps go. It was like $39 or something. And it turned out to be completely inaccessible. And, you know, in that case, I, I definitely, uh, submitted the information to Apple support and I had the refund instantly. I mean, it wasn't, I might've taken a couple of days to appear back on the, you know, payment method, but still they, they approved it instantly. So it's, it's very doable. And I really think you've got to just try the apps so that you know, for yourself, there are so many apps out there with billions of them. We're not even going to be able to cover a, you know, a small percentage of them. But what we want to do is share with you some of the apps that are our favorites that we're using all the time. So Rita, um, I know you've got some favorite apps that you have talked about and I'll, it's totally up to you how you want to do it. If you want to do the whole what's on my iPad or iPhone and just literally go through them one at a time and, you know, a, a brief description, or if you just want to highlight a couple favorites, that is entirely up to you, but the floor is yours. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like, thank you. I'm yeah, here. I had no, this, no this idea. Time you had, this time you had some notice, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he gave you that five-minute start. All of five, or, five or ten minutes, right. Exactly. Yeah, it was about five minutes. I was like, yep, okay, yep, I guess yep. I won't be doing other things right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, in, relationship, <laughs> in relationship to apps, um, I think people – need to have some perspective. Uh, the apps specifically that uh, blind people use that are popular with blind people and or have been developed with blind people in mind, um, these apps, quite frankly, are a miracle because these apps replace traditional hardware uh, devices that have been developed for the blind, quote unquote, and the R&D research and development for that technology is extremely expensive for vendors. And so they have to pass on that cost to an individual. You know, the very first talking calculator, you know, that came out was hundreds of dollars, you know, and um, the um, color identifiers, hundreds of dollars, money identifiers, um, all these separate standalone barcode reading systems. Now, I'm not knocking any of that technology. It's it's been awesome and life-changing for people. However, using an Apple iOS device with voiceover built in that you didn't have to pay for, um, speech synthesis, also allows these apps to be accessible and therefore an color identifier app can be used. They, oops. Okay. All right. Am I still with you? Mika? Yep. We, we've still got you. You're, you're good. Yep. Okay. Sorry, I was muted. Yes, you're here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was too for a second. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry. An, an alarm went off on my, um, so anyway, okay. Yeah, we're no, good. you're good. And so, um, you know, a talking calculator is now available on your, it's, it's endless. Okay. And in, in terms of these apps specific for visually impaired and for, well, a lot of other apps, the, I think of Apple Viz as the Smithsonian (laughs) for the blind related to all things Apple. These guys are, They've been in it from the beginning. They've got a direct relationship with the 
um, assistive uh, technology uh, people in Cupertino with Apple. Um, they are not afraid to test drive things uh, before anybody else gets them. Um, they're, they're doing an amazing job. And so <clears throat> if you're ever curious, like, is this app going to work? Is it going to be accessible? Okay, you know, go to AppleViz, A-P-P-L-E-V-I-S dot com and do a search. And there could be an app review on that app. There could be blog posts. Uh, there could be podcasts related to that specific app, especially if it's really popular for blind people like Seeing AI or the Era app or Ira. I keep calling it Era. Sorry, Ira. Um, and um, so go to AppleViz first. Okay. And even if you do, you know, you go out on a limb and, you know, you're interested in an app, somebody's using an app, your relatives got an app and they say it's great. Okay. Um, <clears throat> first, you know, do some research before you buy the app, if, especially if it's a cost. If it's free, you know, download it. <laughs> you know, um, I see things to the listservs all the time. I'm on several listservs specific for blind individuals. And they'll ask, well, is this app accessible? You know, how do you use this app? And I'm like, oh, for goodness sakes, you know, go look it up. Okay, go to the Apple Viz, go do some research. Um, <clears throat> and there are developers who a lot of times they have no idea that a, a, the blind population is really interested in their app. Um, um, for example, there's an, a weather app called Weather Gods. Um, I've done a review on them, and I've actually talked to the developer of this app. He, uh, from the get-go, has had blind individuals testing his app before he even re released it to make sure that all the elements are going to talk. And it is the coolest weather app. I, it's my favorite. And so I was going to demo that. Um, but just in, in general, when you're looking at different apps, you know, um, do some research first and your first place to go is Apple Viz. Okay. Ask other blind people, you know, are you using that app? <coughs> and everybody's going to have their opinion, um, especially like, for example, uh, OCR apps. Okay. You know, the very first one that came out, well, there was been others, but for the blind specifically was a KNFB reader app. Okay. It was $99. And then every once in a while they'd have a special and it was $50. Okay. Well then these other apps started coming out, you know, um, seeing AI, you know, free, um, uh, uh, voice stream scanner, six bucks. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, there's so many more. Oh, so, so, so many more. Um, and so, you know, again, do your research, do your due, due diligence. I personally, um, in terms of apps on my phone, I, I want to download and use the apps. I'm not one that just downloads the app to have it, to have hundreds and hundreds of apps. I think it's too much clutter. Um, but there are other individuals who every, as soon as they hear about a new app, they download it, which is, I think is for them. It's great. You know, it, um, so this is so much personal preference. Oh, it, unbelievable. Um, the process to purchase an app is seamless through the uh, app store. You can do searches. Um, it is, it's an amazing ecosystem that exists. 
so uh, let me let me start with this uh, weather gods app just to show it because I I'm a person that likes a lot of sensory input um, and so I this weather god app is <laughs> so neat it ta- it's got sound effects for the weather okay so I'm gonna go to the my weather folder oh let me turn this up 89 percent battery power 220 let's see weather folder five apps contacts let's get this a little louder okay tune in radio weather folder five apps okay opening weather folder that should weather. be loud weather. enough so i'm gonna f- let me know if it's not weather gods okay Double tap to open. i put all my weather apps i've got i've got five weather apps um you know you don't need that many okay you know the iphone comes with an excellent weather app itself okay um so but i just was curious about all these and I do use a lot of them and get alerts from different uh, things from them. Um, the Weather Gods app, I'm going to, I put, so I put all my weather apps into one folder. So I wouldn't have to, you know, go to them. I just go to the weather folder. So I'm going to open the Weather Gods app. <laughs> weather Gods. Loading. Okay. And you're going to hear all these sounds. Weather wheels, Merigo, 11 Friday, 2 p.m., 84 degrees, mostly cloudy, humidity 66%, heat index 90 degrees, caution, gentle breeze, wind from the east, 8 miles per hour, Okay, so I did a two-finger swipe to shut it up, but but it was telling me all this information with voiceover, and you can change these levels. I've got the sound at, for some things like rain, I've got the sound of rain, I've got it at uh, 100%. For um, wind, I've got it at fifty percent. For you, you can change these different. Su- there must be, oh gosh, there must be thirty or so different sounds that you could customize. You know, for humidity, snow, ice, different levels of rain. Um, and as I swipe through this, I'm going to touch once, and I'm going to go to the next hour, and it might change. Let's see. 9 a.m. Okay, let me go to. 1 p.m. 84, 2 p.m. 84 degrees, mostly cloudy. Okay, we're at 2 p.m. 3 p.m. 84 degrees, partly cloudy. Humidity 63%. Okay, 3 p.m. Now, if say for example at 4 p.m. it was going to rain, okay, you'd hear a change. Now I'm going to go to um, sunset. Should be around 7 p.m. My seven ish. Uh, my time. So I'm going to flip right to get to the sunset time. Um, so 5 p.m., 6 p.m., 7 p.m., okay, so it makes this sound. Okay, so it's it like the sun is setting. Okay, so now I'm going to go to later on in the evening. 8 o'clock, you hear kind of a hoo hoo. 72 degrees. Okay, so I'm at 1 a.m. So it's all these night sounds. So I, th- I think I've made the point. So let's turn this off. I'm going to close it. Okay, and so that's the Weather Gods app. I mean, it is just, I love this app. Um, I think it's, something like that but this is a one-time fee and uh it it has just been it's an awesome app um, okay um 
there's just so much to tell you guys. Okay, I'm just going to show one more app, and then I'm going to stop because there's just so much. But, okay, um, a lot of blind people um, like to shop. <laughs> and Well, I do. <laughs> and um, there's this app. It's called QVC. Now, I know there's all these other apps. You know, there's Amazon and, and, and so forth. And there's um, the reason QVC... I think is so popular for me and several of my other blind friends is because somebody actually talks to you and they're describing this product. Okay. Now, of course, they're telling you the best thing about this product. My husband sometimes thinks uh, he'll say they're a used car salesman. You know, they'll, they'll sell you anything, <laughs> and, but it's audible. You know, this person is describing this shirt that they're selling, you know, in detail. And I get, so much out of that description because a lot of times when you're looking at things um you just you just don't know you're hearing you know it online and and we're doing so much online shopping now <clears throat> so i'm going to go to the i'm going to just open the qvc app just and there's so many others like this hsn um again amazon uh, it, it's just phenomenal um but for example I, like i've got a friend she watches qvc <clears throat> Uh, like on Sundays, they have specials on, they have food products uh, that they sell a lot on Sundays, popular show on Sundays. And, but she has to sit there or keep the TV on and wait for a product to come up, you know, like, oh, they're, they're now selling cookies. Oh, they're now selling hamburgers. Oh, they're now, you know, whatever. And I can just open my app and flick through you know what they're selling and I don't have to sit there and wait like, like to watch the TV. So, so anyway, so I'm opening, going to open the app. Page two of six adjustable QVC double tap QVC. And uh, again with apps now with iOS 14 coming, the screens are going to be looking differently. You'll have the option, no matter if you've got two apps on your phone or you've got, hundreds of apps on your phone. There's going to be configurability in iOS 14 coming up that you can change the layout of the screen. You can alphabetize the apps. You can set them exactly the way you have them now. I've got them specific ways. I've got QVC on my third page of apps at the bottom on the left-hand side, okay, is where I, you know, position the app. Um, and, um, you can, uh, these apps can be grouped. So it's going to look differently in 14. So just be prepared for that to come. Again, you can set it back the way you, you have it now. Today's special um, value. So Today's special value. I'm, on, I'm at QVC right now. Okay. And so I'm just going to touch on the screen and I'm going to just swipe through what's recently been on sale. Hopefully it's not lingerie or something. Okay. Here we go. Our hottest clearance, new arrived, clearance offer, items recently on air, heading. Okay, items recently on air. So now I'm just going to flick right. Product image, Isaac Mizrahi Live, calf leather and stretch riding boot. Image. Okay, these are shoes, okay. Isaac Mizrahi Live, calf leather and stretch riding boot. 150, product image, Isaac Mizrahi Live, Isaac Mizrahi Live, $239. Okay, so, so right now they've apparently got footwear on sale, okay? But there's tabs at the bottom, and I can hit like the the um, shop tab and I can search for anything okay um, I can hit the live TV tab and get the live uh, of this product that's going on and and I I have bought several things from uh, QVC that I, I absolutely love and uh, 
tell anybody to check them out. And I can share that product information with people. So I'm, like I said, I could talk for a long time about any given app, but just to give you an idea, the potential is endless, absolutely endless for um, using these apps. And when you very first, when you get an app for the very first time, it is really important to follow those prompts because um, Apple now has, a, for the download of a brand new app, <clears throat> the app may say, could we use your current location? Well, like a weather app, you want to use their current location. But some other apps, it's like, they don't need to know my current location. <laughs> you know, so say no, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And there's, there's um, these screens that you swipe through to give permissions, um, you know, to have notifications about that app. Again, many apps you do not need notifications for unless you really want them, you know, like a news app or something. Um, and so it's, it's really good to go through those screens. Don't just skip them, you know, check them out. You, and then once the app opens, okay, do a two-finger flick up gesture when running voiceover because it will read the entire screen to you. That way you get an idea of the elements on that screen, Okay, do that first, then start touching and flicking. And a lot of times there's some consistency. Most of the time, the tabs that make things happen to go to other places are at the bottom, uh, you know, along the bottom, kind of where the home button would be. And it'll say, you know, four out of five tabs. You know, they usually don't have more than five tabs at the bottom of a screen. Um, you know, then come back up, touch the top of the screen on the left-hand side. And you're back to your top so you can start flicking through the elements. If you come across something that's not labeled, for example, you come across an app and it'll say button, 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 okay? And um, you can activate that button to see where it goes for one thing. And then you could close that and then you could come back to that first button and you could do a two-finger double tap and hold gesture on that button and a um, keyboard will come up and you can label that button and that label will stay 99% of the time. Um, and so there's a way to label these unlabeled buttons. There's also in a lot of apps, there's a setting like you can go to the settings and it'll say contact developer or send us feedback. And if you find that an app is not accessible, like it's partially accessible, you know, you did your research, but there's some things that aren't working. Um, uh, write the developer. So listen, I use voiceover. Um, can you make your app, you know, more accessible? Can we have a conversation about this? Because a lot of times developers have just no idea that they didn't, you know, do it right. <laughs> and so they, most of the time, these developers want to do the right thing and they're receptive to the feedback. Um, okay, I'm going to, uh, Matt. Okay. Well, awesome. Awesome. And that was really great. Thanks so much. I, I love the, the apps that you demoed too. And just to, uh, just to agree with Rita on this point about the accessibility with the developers, if I, I have found that developers really do want to be helpful, <clears throat> excuse me, really do want to be helpful. Um, they really do care about their customers and they're given the tools they need to make it happen, to make it work. And the key thing is 
send them the email, you know, send them some feedback and let them know what it is that you're, excuse me, I'm so sorry. Apparently, uh, apparently eating a a Dorito while you're on mute uh, (laughs) is... Uh, has its potential issues uh, afterwards. Um, <laughs> so that may happen again. I apologize. I have a drink nearby if I need it. But anyway. <laughs> uh, do do you need again. me to talk about anything while you uh, get a drink? Uh, if I do, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm okay now. <laughs> I, and more than once, I've sent emails to developers and said, hey, look, you know, and you got to be kind about it. You know, uh, don't be mean to them. <laughs> I mean, they're doing the best they can. You know, I always like to say godly, uplifting, kind, positive feedback, you know, but you can tell them, hey, look, you know, I am a voiceover user. I really love this app, but here's the issue I'm experiencing. And the most recent example of that was actually that grocery app I shared with all of you this summer, uh, which we use frequently. I mean, it is our grocery app, although recently we've been doing most of our grocery shopping online and uh, our store prepares it for you and then brings it and just loads it into your car. And so we have used the grocery app less right now because of that, because we just do it in this other app that, you know, the, our, our store app. <clears throat> but uh, nevertheless, <clears throat> that is our main grocery app. And, and there were just a couple of little accessibility issues in it, nothing big, but enough that I thought I'd, you know, <clears throat> share what I was thinking. And I sent it, I said, look, this works great. This doesn't. They responded with an automated message. We, uh, we appreciate your feedback, but we are a small developer. We cannot respond to every request. So I thought, okay, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe nothing. The app still works, you know, whatever. Um, about two weeks later, they released an app update. And wouldn't you know, it addressed every voiceover concern that I had. And then I got an email from the developer a couple days later and said, we just wanted to let you know, we, we appreciate your feedback. We've fixed the issues and um, it was amazingly easy for us to do so. And we want you to keep us posted. If there's anything else that you find that you don't like the way voiceover handles it, let us know. So, I mean that, you know, that's more often than not, that's the response you're going to get from developers if you actually submit them, you know, this constructive feedback. So I just want to agree with you, Rita, on that very good point. Now, I've got two devices uh, here. I mean, we have more than that, obviously, but I'm going to focus on my iPad and iPhone. Well, actually, there's Cliff. He just came in. Uh, Cliff, we are doing this. uh, What's on my iPhone? Uh, Do you want to do you want to share some of your favorite apps or your, you know, what apps you have before I do? Uh, I'll, I'll let you go first. You okay. Gotta, I, I can't just jump in the deep end. I got to come into the, you know, I got to swim up to the, you know, the deep waters. Just, yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let me pull my iPad up here. Now, I will tell you this. I rarely make folders. <laughs> uh, just the way my thoughts on organization or lack thereof for whatever reason <laughs> I don't uh, <clears throat> I don't usually use folders I'm very glad you can have them but I don't use them much um, I just like a certain layout I typically leave the Apple apps laid out the way Apple sent them you know the way it ships with your device and um, also 
the um, the other thing I want to point out is that I do have different apps on both of these devices. I, I don't, again, I'm really glad that Apple offers you the option to keep everything in sync, but I, um, there are some things that I prefer on one device and not the other one. Okay. So I will not read my entire list of apps on both devices. I'll start with the iPad and then I'll, I'll sort of focus on what's different on the iPhone. So it goes without saying, and I have shared it before, I use all of the built-in Apple apps, and I really love them. So we're going to skip over that because we've talked about a lot of those already. All right, let's see what we've got. Um, so page one is all of these built-in Apple apps, starting with what's Apple have as their first app right now, FaceTime, you know, all the way down to settings, and then the dock I have left as Apple ships it which on the iPad is messages, Safari, music, and mail. Uh, and on the iPhone is uh, phone, Safari, messages, and music. And, of course, the Files app is down here on the dock on the iPad as well. Let's go to my second page. Now, actually, some of these are also Apple. Well, most of these are Apple apps on this page. But um, one place I did make a folder is the Apple Arcade folder. Um as of right now, most of those games are kind of too graphical to really be able to work with uh, voiceover. As, as that service continues to grow, I, I'm sure you'll see some accessible Apple Arcade apps. If you do have some vision or you've got sighted friends or family or what have you, um, I would highly encourage you to encourage them to try Apple Arcade. It's a fantastic service, just $5 a month. And there's hundreds of titles, and they're really, really well-designed games. Uh, the instrumentation, you know, the music, the soundtrack for the games, the sound effects, apparently the visuals, everything is really good about them. And no in-app purchases, all right? Everything, you know, that, that flat fee of $5 a month gives you the entire game. Um, and also uh, no ads, um, and they work on, you know, all the family's devices, Apple TV, iPad, iPhone, and Mac for many of the games. So I have a folder of those games to keep them separate from the others. All right. Also on page two here, again, these are some Apple apps still because they actually do go into page two. So photo booth and shortcuts, as well as the iTunes store, the tips app. And um, then there, again, these also ship with the iPad uh, Apple Store, Clips, GarageBand, Keynote, Numbers, Pages, iMovie, and iTunes U. Then the Apple Support app, which allows you to get access, quick access to articles about your devices, as well as to start support requests. You can open up a chat with a, an Apple Care support representative and you know do it all within the app. Uh, and some of the chats will actually take you into the iMessage, the Messages app, which is great because um, you really it's, it's, it uses Apple's business chat feature. But the Apple Support app is the place to to start that. So this is a great app. Um, then we've got the Swift Playgrounds app, which is of course the coding app. Maybe we'll do a a session on that sometime. Uh, I need to brush up on it. I, I'm still just in the early phases of doing playgrounds, but it's it's really cool. Here's the Apple. Um, Apple TV remote app, which 
There is a built-in Apple TV remote in the control center now, so this is less critical, but I still have it. Um, Music Memos, which is another Apple app, it's not talked about very often. It's the sort of um, much younger, much smaller sibling of GarageBand. It's for basically jotting down musical ideas. You can put them to some basic music with like piano or drums or different things like that. Uh, It's kind of a fun app. And the Texas Hold'em game, which is an Apple app that is accessible. Uh, I really don't know how to play it, but I, you know, if Apple released it, I had to at least try it. And uh, I can tell you that voiceover goes out of its way to describe everything on the screen. I I just don't know how to play that game. Um, Here's uh, the Apple Classroom app, which is designed for in-person classes on a a local basis. Um, Ways to keep everybody on task in the classroom and to airdrop content and airplay to, you know, Apple TVs in school and so forth. So that's what that one's for. Um, and the iTunes Movie Trailers app, another one that doesn't get a lot of attention, but that is made by Apple, lets you play trailers of recent movies to, uh, and also see what's playing in your uh, local theaters or in any theater, you know, which right now, of course, is rather limited, but still, that's what the app does. Um, the Dark Sky app, which is yet another weather app, I got this one after it was purchased by Apple because I figured they would be doing some cool stuff to uh, to that app, and, and it is a very good app, and it does give weather warnings and so forth. Um, you will see in iOS 14 that at least some of the things that are in Dark Sky have come over to the weather app, um, but that's coming. Uh, here's the YouTube app. Of course, I use YouTube a lot. Um, and then I have Yelp, Open Table, Starbucks, and Fandango. All of these sort of related to travel and food and so on in one way or another. So Yelp is sort of an enhancement. Uh, I don't often use it, but what the reason I got it in the first place and really the reason I got Open Table is because some of what you do with Siri and Apple Maps gets its data from Yelp and Open Table and it's it's there's extensibility there. So in other words, if I am looking for a restaurant, I can see basics of that restaurant in the Apple Maps app. And they put a lot of information in there. Is it good for kids? Is there free Wi-Fi? Is there delivery? Uh, You know, uh, what kind of uh, parking and and do they have outdoor seating? You know, all of these different things right in there. And sometimes they'll give you some of the reviews too. But then they'll say, get more information on Yelp. And you might be able to get the full menu and, you know, more photos than what they already have and more reviews. And so if it's going to take me to Yelp anyway, I figure I might as well have the app just in case I want it. Open Table is the same thing. The uh, the Apple Maps app and Siri can make restaurant reservations at certain restaurants for you. And sometimes they use Open Table in order to do that. So, again, why not already have the app, have an account, be ready to go? Um, Fandango is the same thing. That's a movie ticket app. Um and the Starbucks app, of course, because who doesn't love a good cup of coffee? Now, that's probably more uh, appropriate on the iPhone, but I do happen to have that one on both devices, even though I said I don't typically do – not typically, but there are some that you know are better on one device than another. But I do have that one on both. you know. And then um, where were we? Here we are. Okay, the Wikipedia app, Wikipedia Mobile. Uh, again, great with Siri because you can ask Siri, you know, Uh, tell me about 
a certain person or event or whatever, and it'll give you a basic overview of the article from Wikipedia, and then it'll say read more, and it will actually open up in the Wikipedia app. There's nothing wrong with using it in Safari, but when there's an app, I often prefer to use that app. Um, all right, here's an app that really is not so much a voiceover app, but great for kids. We demoed it last week. It's called Sketches School. It's the one that Kylie used to draw, and it um, works very nicely with the Apple Pencil and the Logitech Crayon. Um, let's you share your you know drawings. You can sketch. You can paint. All these different options you have, and it is free. And you can't say that about all the drawing apps that are out there. Uh, in fact, I have some that are not free because my kids like them, and also because sometimes we actually use them in the design work that I do. Even though I have you know folks who are cited, whether it's my kids or someone doing that for me, but still. So um, next up is the grocery app, which I was talking about earlier today and which I demoed earlier this summer. Great app for uh, grocery lists. And um, then we have the SiriusXM app for internet radio. I am an Apple Music user, of course. We've talked about that, and I love Apple Music. But we do have a lifetime subscription to SiriusXM. And so we um, you know, use the internet radio app occasionally. Um, and so I do have that. All right, moving on to page three. And just to take the suspense out of it, I've got five pages, but the fifth one is not completely full. Um, this is the Paprika Recipe Manager 3. That's a great app for organizing uh, and inputting your own recipes as well as for uh, finding other recipes. They've got a web browser built in there. Um, you can uh, scale recipes you know, to change the amount, the serving sizes and quantities. You can um, have a, there's a meal planner, a grocery component to it, and even recipe timers. Uh, next up is okay. These are some of those apps that I said are kind of for um, drawing and, and you know less relevant to voiceover. Uh, but one of them is called Brushes. It is a, a painting app, as you might suspect. Another one is called Chalkboard. I got Chalkboard really just for fun um, because it was I was kind of reminiscing when I was doing some articles this past spring on the 10th anniversary of the iPad, thinking back to some of the very first apps we ever had. And one of them was Brushes and another one was Chalkboard. And it really is like you can draw on a, you know, on a chalkboard. Uh, now it's become more advanced. You can change the color of the chalk and stuff. And it even makes the sound of writing on a chalkboard um, thankfully they don't have the little screech in there that sometimes happens and gives you chills, but, uh, it was, it's kind of more of a fun app than really anything else. But as I said, I got it just kind of nostalgic from, you know, 10 years ago. So, um, okay, here's another kind of visual one. It's home design, lets you, uh, you know, play with, you know, your yard and furniture and different things to design, uh, the perfect home. Um, a couple more apps on this page that, again, fall into that category of less relevant to voiceover users, but still really cool for those who have sighted family, friends, or coworkers. Uh, and some of these are more of the pro design apps like Art Studio Pro, um, Affinity Photo, Affinity Designer, uh, Pixelmator, and Pixelmator Photo. Those are all like drawing, painting, and photo editing apps, pro-level photo editing apps. Uh, Pixelmator, for example, is a less expensive 
equivalent, I believe, to Photoshop and, and really very powerful, uh, incredibly powerful, actually. And we've also got Procreate and um, Sketchbook, which, again, have to do with drawing and design and stuff like that. All right. Now back to some apps that are more likely to be relevant to those of us on this call. We have the I, I've installed a calculator. I'll be honest with you. I can't remember entirely. I, I don't know if it's just called calculator for iPad or what it was. It was something I found in the app store because the um, calculator does not ship with a native uh, calculator app, although you certainly can ask Siri for calculations and you can even do them with spotlight, but still. Um, all right, here's um, Ferrite Recording Studio. That's spelled F-E-R-R-I-T-E, and it is accessible with voiceover. For the vast majority of recording things, I do use voice memos and GarageBand, and I really love them. But Ferrite is an app that um, is a bit more targeted for audio editing in certain circumstances. And so I got it just in case I needed the features that it specifically offers. Along that same line, here's an app called Luma Fusion, L-U-M-A, and then the word Fusion. This is uh, a very high-end video editor. So if Apple Clips, which we're going to demonstrate in a couple weeks, is the sort of simple, um, easy to use, uh, you know, short video type of thing, and iMovie is the big uh, sister or brother, whatever you want to say, sibling to Apple Clips, well then, LumaFusion is like the granddad of all of them, okay? This, this is a paid app. It was pretty expensive as apps go, but well worth it. Very, very high-end video editing. Very accessible with voiceover, at least for what I have been using it for. Now, what I've been using it for is a very small fraction of what it can actually do. And some of you might say, why would you spend money on an app just to do this? But let me tell you what I do with it and why I got it. What I do with it is I use it to upload the videos that I have in my photo library to YouTube when I need to. Now, why can't I just do that in another way? Well, the YouTube app really doesn't make it. It's not YouTube app is great for watching videos. It's not so great, in my opinion, for uh, posting your own videos. OK, and iMovie does have a share to YouTube feature. But there have been apparently some API issues along the way, and it doesn't always work. Now, Apple Clips will post to YouTube just fine. But there are some things that I don't do in Apple Clips, some things I want to just take from my photo library and post them right directly to YouTube. Uh, for example, uh, just the other day, I did a review of a, a digital piano, and I wanted to get it on YouTube because there were no other reviews of that particular instrument on YouTube. So I made it, my son and daughter helped me make it, and then we had it just there in my photo library. So what I did was brought it into LumaFusion, and then LumaFusion has an export to YouTube option built right in. And it was very, very easy, you know, in less than 
10 minutes, maybe even five, but we'll say 10. In less than 10 minutes, I had that thing brought into LumaFusion and uploaded to YouTube. And so uh, for me, it was worth every penny, even if that's all I ever use it for, um, because it makes it really easy. Here's the Epicurious um, app, which is, again, recipes. Uh, this is a lot of you know curated recipes from Epicurious. Um, here's the Food Network Kitchen app, which is um, cooking classes and, again, recipes from a lot of the famous Food Network chefs. All right, here's a Bible app. It just is called Bible. The developer is Life Church. You'll often see it as U version. Um, here are a couple of games. Here's Quizoid, Trivial Quiz Pursuit, and Five Second Guess. Those are all very accessible. Uh, then here's a couple that I really don't know that they're fully accessible, but we play them with the family. So there's Charades, Heads Up, um, and uh, Jeopardy Play Show and Sketch Party, which work with the Apple TV. They have Apple TV components there. Uh, that's uh, actually called, yeah, um, Family Feud, Feud Live. So again, some of these small, which is a, a singing app that, you know, some of those uh, we use with the family. I don't know that they're really accessible. Um, and here's brain teasers, which is accessible. I love to just go through the different brain teasers. And so that's always fun. Now here's um, a couple of games that I know are not accessible, but uh, my kids like them. And one is the Sim City app. I've always enjoyed that too. Just playing it, you know, with other people. And here's one that some of you, if you were at all involved in gaming, if you had a computer uh, back in the 90s when I was just a kid, you might remember a game called Myst, M-Y-S-T. It was probably one of the first, I might be wrong about that, so don't hold me to that, but I, it's certainly the first I ever heard of, probably one of the first role-play games that I've ever seen. Very challenging to play um, and very open-ended game but for its time it was amazing and they've ported it over to the ipad and they call it real mist now and so i do have that one um okay we're going to go on to the next page but here is one of my yeah we've got a bunch of tv apps here all right so i've got two apps from at&t at&t tv and at&t watch tv because at&t watch tv comes uh with my wireless service and AT&T TV is the more advanced version. We actually have the AT&T TV service. That app works fantastically. Very, very accessible with voiceover. Um, here's Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, um, Food Network Go, HGTV Go, uh, Nickelodeon, um, HBO Max, and Peacock. All of those uh, being TV streaming apps. Um, here is the Zoom Cloud Meetings app. I don't have to tell you what that does. Um, and here's some of the apps that I use for the business. All right, we got Zoom. We've got WordPress, which is accessible uh, for designing um, websites and blogs. Here's Anchor, which is a podcast hosting app. Uh, this is what I use to actually host the TTJ Talk podcast. Cliff uses it for his Stir It Up podcast. That's the publishing app. You can record in there. Sometimes I do, but I also use the next app you're going to see, Backpack Studio, 
which is a fantastic app for recording podcasts specifically. It's very much designed to be like a sort of DJ cart or radio cart where you can add different sound pads for sound effects, you know, applause and music and transitions and so on. And so a lot of times I'll do my recording of podcasts in the backpack app and then bring them on over into Anchor. You just have a little more flexibility that way. By the way, Anchor is owned by Spotify. Uh, That doesn't entirely thrill me uh, with some of the recent comments that Spotify has made, but that's beside the point. The app is great, and it's uh, a very convenient way of having your podcasts hosted without having to do all the legwork yourself. You know, if, if you want your podcast to be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Shoutcast, Radio Public, uh, overcast, you know, all the, whatever they are. I'm probably, some of them aren't right that I'm saying, but you know what I mean? If you want them on all these different sources and you don't want to have to submit manually your podcast to each source, Anchor will do it all for you and it's free. Um, it's, I think they can do it for free because I, I was actually, in that sense, I was happy when Spotify bought Anchor because you know that there is a large company backing this uh, project, so you you know you can assume it will be around uh, for the long haul. So it is a a great app. Um, here is the Google Classroom app, which those of you who are taking some of our free TTJ courses will be using that. Um, my kids use it. That is fantastic. I mentioned that last week that you know my daughter, especially. I mean, my son too. We check his work, but he you know he's a little bit older. He pretty much just does his work and then shows it to us later. My daughter likes me to kind of be in there with her, you know, so she's got her Chromebook. She's looking at her Google Classroom. I get on her iPad and I look at Google Classroom at the same time with voiceover. It really works great. All right. Here is Kahoot, which is a fun app for creating and taking uh, online quizzes in a game style fashion. Uh, Was first designed for in-person local quizzes where you could put the questions up on a big, you know, uh, Promethean board or smart board or, you know, Apple TV or whatever. And then each person would have their own um, iPad or iPhone and, and they could answer, you know, in teams or individually. But now, especially with all the craziness going on, you can use it just as well with remote Kahoot challenges. And uh, I use it more for the creation aspect, um, but it is a, it is very accessible. It's a great app. Uh, here's Ed Puzzle. I mentioned this one last week. Uh, some of these are going to sound familiar because of what we did last week, but Ed Puzzle again is the one that allows you. And, and my only issue with this app is the creation part has to be done on the website, and the, the website is not the easiest in the world that I've ever seen, but it does work. So, what you got to do is you got to go on there and create it by either making your own videos and uploading them or finding videos on, you know, YouTube or something. And then you put these little markers in them. And at that marker point, it pauses the video and asks a question that you must answer before the video continues. So, if I'm trying to teach you guys how to use voiceover, I might describe, you know, something to you. And then I might say, um, you know, what's the gesture that you uh, use to, uh, set the rotor, you know, and you would respond to two finger rotation, you know, and then you'd continue on with whatever the video was. So that's what Ed puzzle is. Here's Flipgrid, which is a great uh, sort of app that allows um, very education focused app really designed for education, allowing students to create their own short videos and share them easily with everyone in a, in a very controlled environment. We may use it in our TTJ classes actually, because it's a lot of fun. Here's IXL, which uh, I got kind of because our kids have it. Uh, it's like um, 
English and math and different subjects, you can, you know, uh, practice these different subjects. And um, here's Duolingo, which I talked about. The language learning app works very well. Great. Very accessible. And here's the a uh, couple apps that are not necessarily accessible again, but very cool apps. Uh, the Elements, which is the entire The Elements book periodic table, but it's interactive. It plays the little uh, chemistry song at the beginning. Some of you might have heard with all the element names in it. Uh, you can learn more about I mean, it's a really, really powerful app. I'm not doing it justice because I don't even remember everything it does, but it's a great app. Uh, Froggypedia, that's that app I told you. You can dissect a frog um, in augmented reality with your Apple Pencil or your crayon or your finger. And while we're on the subject of augmented reality apps, here's the World Wildlife Foundation, Wildlife Federation, um, Free Rivers app, and the 321 Launch app to launch a rocket in AR, the Apollo Moonshot AR app, which is very specific to the Apollo uh, lunar landing program that put Neil Armstrong on the moon and so on. Um, here's the photo cookbook, all right? So another, you know, recipe app. And here's the Logo Maker app, which we've actually used to design uh, some logos before. Um, and here's Garden Answers, which allows you to identify plants and flowers that you see by taking a picture of them. Here's the Tasty app. Uh, that's another sort of video recipe app. And Simply Piano, which my kids like to play with. Um, here's an app called Dabble, D-A-B-E-L. Um, some of you have heard of this probably. It is audio live streaming. Um, and then I don't use that one too much, but it is here. Last page uh, starts with the Amazon app for shopping, followed by Prismo. Now, Prismo is the one that I use for uh, those few times. It's not very often because I do have sighted family. So praise God, I can just ask one of them. But uh, in the event I want or need to take an image-based PDF and turn it into text, I use Prismo to do it. This is the full version, not the Prismo Go. And just to be clear, because I've gotten it wrong before, it's P-R-I-Z-M-O. All right, here's ink cards. allows you to actually create and send cards to people. Um, here's some accessible games. The ears category of games. Any of you have heard of those? You've got ears blackjack, ears, uh, what do I have? Millionaire, ears fortune wheel, designed to be like Wheel of Fortune. Here's Ears Feud, Ears Jeopardy Match, okay? Then I've got the Trivia Crack game. It's the Trivia Crack No Ads version. And then I have Kylie's folder, which has a ton of games that she wanted and, and put, even though she has her own iPad, but she put these in here and you know created this folder, so that's fine. And then here's an app called Live Now, which sort of fills the bridges the gap where I told you that the YouTube app really doesn't do such a fantastic job of letting you uh, post to YouTube. Well, it also doesn't really let you uh, live stream to YouTube unless you have gotten, I don't know, like 10,000 subscribers or something crazy like that. So this Live Now app does uh, work with the YouTube app API uh, and allow you to sign into your YouTube account and live stream. We may try it next week um, before the uh, Big Apple announcement. I don't know yet, all right, but we might. It's, it's there if we want to. And here's um, the last couple of apps that I have on this page. Wow, 
I have, well, here's WebEx Meet. And here's a couple apps I needed to install because of the work I'm doing with Google Classroom, like Google Sheets and Google Drive. And here's um, Quizlet, an app for creating and taking quizzes. Uh, all right, here's the, um, uh, this app is called Scoov. That's S K. O-O-V-E, Scoov Piano. Um, this actually came with our digital piano that we got recently. It came with a, a free trial of this. And what it is is it's online music lessons, and it actually listens to what you're playing and responds appropriately, and there are even live instructors available if you need it. And I also have an app that came with another digital piano, and it's called Cordana Play, um, that's a fun one too. All right. That's it for the iPad, but I'm just going to look real quickly at the ones that are on the iPhone that are different and then we'll, we'll turn it over to Cliff and also some, some uh, questions, but let me, let me go. I, I will let my... you know that it's about five after. Five. Okay. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you very much. That's perfect. All right, I'm just taking a quick look here. Really, the, the major difference is that I have a lot more like um, account-related, account management apps. Like Here's the My AT&T app on my iPhone, which really does work well. Uh, I don't need it on both devices. That's more of an iPhone. Thing. That, that, that's why I wanted you to go first because we pretty much have the same thing. Only difference is I use folders, as everybody knows, and you don't. Right. It's, right. The same, it's same with our email. You, you don't sort your email. I do. So. <laughs> exactly. I think exactly. you just like I just think you just like being the opposite of me. I think that's how it goes. So, <laughs> well, of course, that wouldn't be normal if I weren't. Uh, <laughs> but one thing I w one thing I will point out because I just used it the other day for a recipe that was in a PDF and it was an image. But about the Prisma app, one there is an upgrade. I don't know what the upgrade do, but it, it has a, it's um it's an update. But one thing I did not know because I have I don't use it very often like you. I got it just because it was a image PDF type reader thing. But one thing it will do is if you select text. It gives you the option to put the text on your clipboard. So what I did is I grabbed a recipe off of um, Keto Connect because I'm getting into this, this keto diet thing, you know, see how these recipes taste because I've heard that they're pretty similar to regular food and they are. But it was a it was an image of text. So it wasn't actually printed text of a PDF. It was actually an image. What it did is it converted that image into text for me. It put it on my clipboard and I was able to take that text and put it into a note like it was actually designed that way. So I was able to share it with people and they was like, well, how did you get this recipe? I said, I can send you the PDF or I can send you this note. They yeah. was like, well, the PDF, yeah, I can, I can run it through my, my scanner. I said, well, you don't need to do that because I already ran it through and converted text. And, you know, I mean, it was, like I said, it was a feature of this app that I didn't know existed because I don't use it very often. So that was, that yeah, was amazing. I, I did not know that existed either. That's really cool. And, and that app is, you know, even though Prismo was not designed for voiceover users, like, you know, maybe like voice stream scanner actually was, but the reality of it is they have Prismo, that developer has taken their time to make sure that it works very well with voiceover. And the other thing, as you know, uh, that iOS 14 has uh, the best yet uh, image description of any uh, iOS version. You know, I mean, as you would expect, you know, there may be gaps. It's not 100%, but it definitely, I mean, I have actually today, um, Kylie had an assignment where the, the text was an image and I was able to read all but like one or two of those 
um, questions completely with voiceover in, in iOS 14. So, it, I mean, they've really come a long way with that feature too. Um, yeah, so really most of the only differences here with the iPhone are a couple of apps I'll point out because they're really good and I think they're worth pointing out. I mentioned the AT&T ones, my AT&T, AT&T Mark the Spot, which is a service that AT&T provides allowing you to um, notify them of any gaps in signal, any you know areas with data problems or otherwise. Um, the AT&T Thanks app, which is uh, equivalent to Cliff's uh, T-Mobile Tuesdays and stuff, you know, rewards and movie tickets and so on. And this um, AT&T Call Protect, which is a spam call blocker, uh, a service of AT&T. And then... Um, T-Mobile have- is called Scam Shield. that just came out a couple of weeks ago. Great app, though. Yeah, that would probably be the equivalent there. And then... Um, uh, there's a couple, you know, food ordering apps like um, Applebee's, Sheets, Pizza Hut. Here's the Grubhub and DoorDash apps. Very, very accessible. Um, and we don't even actually have Grubhub and DoorDash in our community, but my parents do. And when we visit them, you know, we use that some. And also this, uh, what's this? This is the Weiss Markets where we actually do get our groceries ordered. Here's the Amazon Alexa app to control the Echoes. Um, here's the, uh, FedEx app. Very, very accessible. When I ship things to customers, I always use this FedEx app. You've got to have a FedEx account in order to do it. And that is not the easiest process in the world because of accessibility, but just because of the steps they kind of have to make you go through, I guess, uh, to get that account up and running and your payment and all that. Well, once you do it, once you have that account, it is amazing how well and how easily that FedEx app works. Um, and, uh, let me just look very quickly here, McDonald's app again, Uber, Uber, you know, for r- ride service, um, Wolfram Alpha, which is again, sort of an extension of things that Siri offers. Here's a couple additional, uh, devotional apps that I have. Most of these are the same though, across the board. So I'm just looking for any, the HP smart app, which is for our printer, very accessible way of setting up, um, a printer. Oh, here's um, here is the Walmart app, the eBay app, the Target app, the Sam's Club app. Sam's Club has a great feature. It's mostly accessible. There are a couple little gaps, but mostly accessible. Um, you can actually scan your products directly, put them in your cart, pay in the app, and leave. It's as simple as that. You don't have to go through the checkout line or anything. And supposedly Walmart now has that through a new service. I guess it's new called Walmart Plus. I just saw it in the app update today for Walmart. I have no idea what it costs, uh, but I will be looking into it at least. So that's kind of the majority of them. Cliff, do you have anything to add before we take questions? I mean, there's really not much difference. I mean, we do the same. I mean, the last few apps that you use, um, Sam's Club, um, uh, the the the, the um, eating app, you know, the food ordering apps. There's a few that um, you didn't mention that I know you, you use, but you just don't use them as much as I do. Um, is like uh, Apple Insider, 9to5Mac, um, MacRumors.com. All those basically are my Apple um, blog apps where I get, you know, rumors and updates and features, um, articles on new features and things of that nature. Um, got Oh, one app that we don't have a lot because we use two different services is you know not a big deal. But I use um, a mesh system. You use Comcast. I use a system called Euro, which 
I Googled it at one point, and whenever I Google it, it always, it's always the top result. I don't know if they pay Google for that or if they really are, but it, it is a great mesh system, though. It's a, You place three different pods or however many pods you need throughout your home, and it gives you strong uh, strong Wi-Fi signal. These ones even tout that if you plug your PC or Mac into one that's not connected to the modem, that's in a different room that you'll get is just as good as connection as if it was connected to Ethernet. So those are the only differences. With oh yeah, my, yeah. I, uh, I forgot to system, I so. forgot to point that one out. Yeah, I've got a couple of the Comcast apps. That yep, the the uh, XFi app, which is you know this mesh system that that we have, and also the the my account app and um, the yeah Xfinity Mobile, a couple like that. But yes, you're right. And I do I did forget to tell you too about a couple of the. Um, the home apps, you know, we did that whole home kit, smart home thing earlier this year. And mainly I use the Apple home app, but some of them you do need to also have the manufacturer app. So I, I didn't go over those like the Honeywell home and the MyQ garage app and, and stuff like that. And uh, let's see, I just mentioned um, probably about ready for questions, but let me just look through one of them. Yeah. That's the same for me too. I got Honeywell. I got the Eve. I got the Euro. These are all home kit. I mean, you you initially have to set your home kit stuff up there, but bottom they show up in your your home app, and you almost never have to open them up again. I just do sometimes just because, but you don't have to. Right, right. Um, oh, the Amtrak app. Yeah, that's that's very very accessible. Um, and you know there are a couple apps natively on the iPhone that the iPad doesn't have. You know the health app, and that reminds me too of the Doctor on Demand app. You know, um, praise God, you know, we, we are, are healthy and well, but, you know, uh, having a, a telemedicine app is a really cool thing. And we have used it before and it uh, is fantastic with doctor on demand. It's very accessible. Every time I use it, I share with them, you know, right at the beginning that I am totally blind. And then they're, you know, they're very willing to guide me if they need to look in my throat or something, you know, as to which way to hold. I mean, I usually have somebody helping me anyhow, the kids or whatever, but still it's, you know, it's nice to, and and then they can call prescriptions into your drugstore. It it is a very useful app, but I was starting out. I don't know if we both avoided mentioning this app because it's the competition, but I do have the WebEx app on here too. So. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, I think I glossed over it very quickly. Yeah, I do have the WebEx meetings app. Our, of course, our TTJ classes are going to be using uh, WebEx uh, starting next week. So that, uh, yeah, that's also very, uh, very important. Um, all right. So, yeah, anything else, uh, guys, that you want to add? Otherwise, we are happy to take questions if you want to know more about any of the apps we shared or any, you know, maybe uh, app uh, you know, think things that you're looking to be able to do and you want an app recommendation or, you know, something like that, we'll do the best we can. All right. Um, unless anyone else has anything to say first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you have a question, you can raise your hand. If you are using the PC, it's going to be Alt-Y. On a Mac, it's Options-Y. If you are using a smartphone or tablet, there's a raise hand button on the phone Um just on the main screen of Zoom, you do need to be in the, your focus does need to be on the Zoom app, and then um, star nine. I have a question. Um, my question is, uh, when you were talking earlier about about apps that are not accessible, um, <clears throat> if an app is not accessible and you, and 
you don't really want to refund it, um, but you want to really have some dialogue with the developer. What are some good ways to be able to do that if you, especially, you know, what are some things to draw, you know, to have the developer take a look at or or what have you, you know, especially if if you're not, if you don't really know anything about developing apps in the first yeah. place. So how yeah. can you give that good, consistent, solid feedback? Uh, yeah, I think that's a great question. And I was sort of trying to um, address that a little earlier when I had the whole Dorito incident. So I, I'll go, <laughs> go over that a little bit more thoroughly now. Uh, <laughs> really wasn't even an incident. If I if I didn't have to actually talk a whole bunch in a row there, probably we wouldn't have even <laughs> ever been aware of it. Uh, and that, and but, Matt, just to, just to mention that Apple Viz has a scenario on their page about how to initiate a conversation with a developer. Oh, it's okay. The, that's that's it, a good thing to know. You can cut and paste that whole dialogue hey hey developer blah blah you know the app is not accessible you know that kind of thing it's it's got a whole scenario there about how to initiate you don't want to have to write it for yourself that's a great way to go about it you know to me and and to put it bluntly matt i mean i'm not trying to be mean or anything but the way that apple integrates accessibility into their apps it if a developer doesn't do it, they're being lazy because it's in their code on how to write an app and make it accessible. It's actually part of the app creating process. I mean, just to point that out, I mean, it's, I mean, some don't do it, but, and maybe it's an extra step that they choose not to do because they're just trying to make money, but it is built into the developing making app process. Well, yeah, unless, unless the app is some kind of, you know, very, very graphic intensive game or something, if they, if they, if it isn't accessible and it's just a regular app, quote unquote, then it is it means that the app developer is trying to reinvent the wheel when they don't have to. You know, instead of tapping into Apple's already existing frameworks, they're trying to do something that they think maybe is, is going to provide a different experience or something. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, okay. I think the thing that you really, you know, for people who want to, to write this themselves, you know, there are just a few things to keep in mind, you know, is to be obviously, as I shared earlier, you know, kind and courteous and just explain to them, you know, even if you don't know what it is like to develop apps, you know, just explain to them that, you know, in, in case they were not aware, Apple has a, a you know, built-in screen reader called VoiceOver that ships with every app you need it in order to use the app, the, the app because you are totally blind, and that is how you read what's on the screen. And unfortunately, the app is not and, – and, and just describe to them what it's doing. You know, if you – like say to them, you know, there are three buttons that when I swipe to them, VoiceOver just says button you know, or, or whatever the case may be. And, you know, I think what you're going to find, especially nowadays, you know, is that most developers are at least aware of it. They've heard of it. Some of them haven't take the, taken the time to really run into it. You know, I've gotten a mix of responses from uh, app developers, you know, and, and one of my favorite ones, because it really highlights what Cliff is saying, one of my favorite ones is when you'll uh, email a developer to, to sort of um, applaud them for uh, the accessibility of their app, and then they'll respond by saying, uh, you know, I, I, I really wasn't aware of voiceover, but it was just dumb luck. You know, I just followed the guidelines <laughs> and so it worked. You know, I've actually gotten that from a couple developers too, you know. But then they'll also say, you know, now that I am aware of it, I'll be sure to, you know, to, uh, to keep it on the, on the brain when I'm updating the app or what have you, you know. Yeah, and I definitely do believe in being kind. I will tell you that kindness is a little 
um, less so if I get the response back of um, we haven't we've decided not to implement this feature. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's probably that's when I might go to Twitter <laughs> and then and then <laughs> engage them directly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's just Mika. Um, <laughs> so Cheryl. Hey Mika. Hi. Hi Matt. Hi guys. Um, Hi. I just want. Hi Matt. I want to. I don't want to take up time with question, but I uh, tried sending you an email and it wouldn't go through with my little clip. I wanted to let you know to please thank your mom also, and of course your daughter. The clips app. I had had it download before and then I deleted it. I would not have known how to do it unless your mom did it and you guys did it and demonstrated. Um, by holding that one button, what it, what voiceover told me was to hold the button if I wanted to that certain photo or something, not realizing when I held the button to, to make the dialogue or whatever, you know? So anyway, I made this little clip and I had fun. It took me about 10 times to get the dog's voice and my voice, but it was fun, you know? So I look forward to doing it with my, with the kids and grandkids and all that. Thank you. Thank you. And please, please. Yeah, thank your mom too. She did a fabulous job. Yes, I, I will definitely. Your daughter did too. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. All right, Beth. Hey guys, it's Beth. Is it my turn? Yes, ma'am. Hi. Hi. I have an app that would win the if they gave Academy Awards for apps, it would win the Academy Award for worst accessibility. I think. And I don't even know of a way to get in touch with a developer. It's the Schwann app. Yeah, well, yes. The, the Schwann the food app is, um, I find not, is, I find it to not be very accessible. And I actually use the website when placing orders with Schwann's, although even the website is not the greatest in yeah. the world. However, it definitely can be done. I do it on my iPhone and iPad frequently to place orders. You know, my suggestion to you, I know it's not going to be very helpful, uh, but, you know, to be patient and persistent with the website because it is workable. You can do it. You can get orders placed um, with the, the, you know, Schwann's website. Uh, I, I don't know who is developing their app. It, you I don't know, either. I'm not sure. Uh, another suggestion, just two suggestions, is to turn voiceover off. If you've got anybody sighted, have them open the app and send an, uh, a message to the developer if it's not talking at all. You know, like contact us. And then if not, Most time go you to can the- get that from the uh, the app store too, where you have the yeah, usually the, on the app page, the developers in the app page. Right. Right. You can go to the app store and look at the app and see who the developer is and send them. You know, and and then you can also. Go to, onto the website and where there's a contact us, send them right. a, you know, a thorough explanation. And right. there are a lot of, they're missing a whole population of blind people who use SWAN. Okay. And there's a whole population that they are not aware that, you know, their site's inaccessible, their app. Right. And they, they genuinely may not be aware of it. it. You know, that's a very good possibility. I'm glad that they do have the website and the phone number because, you know, you can at least get your order placed in one way or another. But, yeah, it would be nice if that app were fully accessible. All right. Um, this is for Deborah. Hi. Hi there. Hi. 
Prismo earlier about being able to grab and, and change it, you know, scan, like their recipe on a, um, in, um, I don't know what I'm trying to ask, but so that you would not have to run through, like, say, PDF um, to convert it. It would convert it for you. Yeah, the, the there's there's several features of there's a lot of features of the Prismo app. Yeah. And oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. What was that? Go ahead, uh, Matt. Sorry about okay. that. Okay. Okay. No, that's okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot of features of that app, but the one that I use it for, and the one that you know Cliff was talking about, is taking an image and then turning it into text. And and what you do with that. Again, there's a lot of options. As he mentioned, you can send it directly to the clipboard. You can convert it to a, you know, a text file. You can um, have it spoken with a read-aloud you know, text-to-speech voice for you. There's a lot of options uh, once you do that. Okay. Um, and next. And just for the record, that app is not free. I think it was $10 when I got it a couple of years I think, ago. I don't yeah, know what it, it is now. But... Yeah. Okay, Karen. Hello. Um, I have two what I think are simple questions. Um, the first question is, could you possibly just tell me briefly how to put my apps into groups or files? And then the second question would be, do you know of a good color ID app? I had one for a while, but it, it was, I didn't find it to be that useful. Okay. I'm going to defer to uh, probably Rita on the second question. Uh, But the first question um, is putting apps into folders. And and the the gist behind it, the concept behind it, is that you need to put two apps on top of each other uh, that are alike in in category, you know, but maybe both music apps or both, uh, you know, shopping apps or whatever. And then that automatically creates a folder, and then you can add more stuff to it. You can name the folder. So to do this with VoiceOver, you can use the rotor. Um, if you if you double tap and hold on an app, that long press gesture, uh, it brings up a context menu. There's an option that says Edit Home Screen. Actually, even that's available in the rotor. Um, if you swipe up and down on an app, you can say Edit. Um, but then it, it it brings you into this Edit mode where the all the app icons are jiggling on the screen and if you uh tap on the first app that you wish to move you swipe up and down until you hear the option that says drag you know whatever the name of the app is it'll say drag messages or drag you know music whatever and you double tap and now uh you don't really have to physically drag you can lift your finger do anything you want because it's automatically in the drag mode and then you locate the app that you want to drop the first app on top of or next to or something and swipe up and down on that app with one finger. Again, these are rotor actions. So you'll see like, uh, let's say you're dragging messages and then the next app you tap on is music and you swipe up and down. You'll hear like um, drop messages before music or drop messages after music or add um, you know, create folder with messages and music. Or if it's on a folder, it'll say, you know, add messages to this folder. Or you can even add more apps to the drag session so that you're dragging, you know, five or six apps at one time. Uh, and then 
I mean, that is a very brief sort of whirlwind tour explanation. Um, there's certainly more in-depth um, descriptions of that available. Um, but again, if, hopefully, if you're familiar with the rotor, that at least gives you a, a starting point. And then uh, Rita? Yes, Rita, okay, the color identifier. To... Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> just let me talk about color because... You know, it's such a visual thing. <laughs> um, when you talk about using the camera, okay, the camera is sensitive to light. So if you've got sunlight, that's a certain UV wave, okay? If you've got fluorescent lighting, if you've got incandescent lighting, if you've got LED lighting, colors are going to appear differently to the camera. And so <laughs> there's a lot of apps. There was one called Color Colorfy. C-O-L-O-R-I-F-Y, I believe. Um, <clears throat> I have not been real successful with apps, but I tell you for free, the Seeing AI app that has a color identifier, I just tried it right before, you know, I just to double check. <laughs> and <clears throat> I have on a pair of gray shorts and a blue top. Okay, when I, now I'm in a darker room. When I put the camera over my shorts, it said black. I moved to where there was a window, it said gray. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It depends on your light source. And, but that app is free. And that Seeing AI app, I can't say enough about it. It's an amazing app. So, uh, is and- there ever a chance, Rita, because, you know, obviously black and gray, you know, being very similar and, and dependent upon the, the app, but... Would would there would there ever be a chance that it would be so drastically wrong that it would make a terrible difference? Like, would it ever tell you something is red when it's really blue or something like that? Or would it not be that extremely off? Um, if if it was really important, like I was getting dressed for a job interview. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, right. That's the kind of I, thing. I'm, yeah, I would call a sighted person. Be my eyes. Iris, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Why not use okay. be my eyes you know, in that instance you know, then? Right. The, the right. And that's free. If and that's it's also critical. Free. Right. If it's critical, you know the color of something. Okay. Um, then And then you could tag it. Or I put my stuff in categories. I, of course, you know, I'm compulsive. So <laughs> <laughs> I put stuff together. You know, I hang. I hang outfits together. I don't mix and match them. Once I know this top matches this skirt, that's what's going there. I'm not mixing and matching because I know it goes. Um, so did I, hopefully that answered your question. You can go on to Apple Viz and type in color identifiers or color recognition and look and see what product re, uh, app reviews they've got. I would go to Apple Viz first. What was what was the name of um, what was the name of the of the website that Matt was talking about earlier? It was something like Ability something? Oh, Blind, Blind Abilities. Abil- yes. Oh, that is an awesome. There's a there's a group of volunteers just like we are with TGJ. It's called Blind Abilities, and there's a guy by the name of Jeff Thompson, and he's got an app. He's also got a website and so forth. But it's Blind Abilities. And you just download that app for free. And he puts up, oh gosh, one to two podcasts a week on different topics related to blindness, blind transition youth, uh, 
they're doing a series of interviews of blind people around the world, how they're handling COVID, COVID, um, you know, like in Japan or here. Um, it's an amazing resource, blind okay. abilities. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and Matt, could you tell people how to find you? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, so we'll give you the, uh, the website. Uh, once again, it is ttjtech.net. That's going to be TTJ, like Tango, Tango, Juliet, and then the word tech, T-E-C-H, dot N-E-T. Uh, we have a blog there, and, and on that blog, we frequently post promotional offers and other important announcements. You know, we got free classes starting up very soon. Actually, on Monday is our first one of this season, and uh, free virtual help sessions twice a week now uh, coming up. And so you can find out how to join those. You can get in touch with us. And um, we also post tips and tricks on the blog at times. Uh, Rita actually does more of them than anybody. Uh, but we are going to be doing a whole new set of tips and tricks here with iOS 14 coming up as soon as the embargo is lifted on talking about it, which I suspect will be literally next week. Um, and so uh, this, uh, the last thing I'll tell you related to getting in touch is that you can always send emails or iMessages using your messages app to the tech juggernaut at iCloud.com. That's T-H-E-T-E-C-H-J-U-G-G-E-R-N-A-U-T at iCloud.com. Don't forget to check out our podcasts. Uh, TTJ Talk is mine. Stir It Up is Cliff's, but he spells stir with a U, so S-T-U-R-I-T-U-P. And next Tuesday is Apple's um, big keynote event. Uh, They're not calling it big keynote, but I forget what the name of it is. I thought I I saw time flies somewhere, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, where they're expected to announce several new hardware products and perhaps uh, give us a release date for iOS 14 and, and what have you. Um, that is going to take place at 1 p.m. Eastern. And the uh, the tech juggernaut will be holding our own um, WebEx panel. We call it a pre-game show, you know, because we're basically Apple geeks here at TTJ, right? So, you know, like some people would get together before the Super Bowl and, you know, eat together and talk about who's going to win the game and everything. We kind of get together virtually and talk about what we expect. And it's always a lot of fun. We're going to do that at 12 noon Eastern. And the voices you're hearing today will be part of that. So Cliff, um, Rita, I forgot to even mention that to you. I figure you knew that, but now you know uh, if you're available. Uh, <laughs> And and I think Mika, you'll be joining us, right? You're gonna. I I will. I'm so, very yeah. honored to be asked. So, yes. Yeah. So stay tuned to okay. the blog. That was yeah, what it's I was called. App- oh, oh, go, go ahead, ahead. Rita. I'm sorry. It's called Apple Special Event. Um, okay, that's what they're calling it. And, and look, oh, the, la- the look, last time we had one of these, Rita complained about having to spend four hours with us. So I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it really was. It was we do an it hour. It is before, a marathon. Yes, the keynote is two hours, and then we get together afterwards for an hour also and talk about and it. Yes. before. <laughs> right, right. So it's yeah. Plus, we've got a help session, right? Matt didn't well, tell me that, about that, that part. Help, <laughs> yeah, that, well, well, you don't have, but you know, the help. Session I'm just teasing is, you. No, I know, I know. But, but the help. No, it's indentured service, Mika. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. All right, I, we're going to bring this on into a close. <laughs> but, um, 
Matt, Rita, Cliff, thank you all so much. And you all are, everyone's in for such a treat because I know there's going to be more classes and just more think, more presentations on Fridays. So um, we just really appreciate the time, Matt, that you that you and and your team give us. Um, and Doug, thank you for streaming. And everyone, thank you so much for for being here and for asking questions and for participating. And we'll we will see you on other community events. Thanks so much. Take care, everybody.